Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, 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 guys! It is Tuesday night, right around 8 p.m. Eastern, and we are live with our debut show. Let's chat sports with Miss Tony and Mr. Jazz. Now, for all those that have followed us with our sports broadcasting, y'all know my partner. The one and only Mr. Jazz, he's always having to find a parking space. He seems to have a problem, even though it says, wait in big lights, let's chat sports radio. So he knows he's in the building. He just has to find a spot. But until he gets here, I'd just like to welcome everybody. Debut show, let's chat sports. Hopefully Jazz has found <laughs> A parking spot, because y'all know how he do. And when he's in the studio, he's going to press his one just to let me know that he is secure in his seat. Got his treats. <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs> hey, guys. What's happening, baby? Yo, I'm back. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. We are back. Now, you know I had to give my audience a little taste of, of how you love not being able to find a parking spot in front of Let's Chat Radio well, Sports. I mean, I, I, I hit the front. I hit the front of the cutlass, but it's be all right. I, I, I get that taken care of after the show. All right. What's all right, right. Once again, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to start this new journey. For those that are tuning in for the very first time, this is our debut show of Let's Chat Sports Radio with Miss Tony and Mr. Jazz. We are so excited to have you guys here. Now, y'all know Alicia yeah. and I, under our Let's Chat umbrella, we have been so to all of our listeners that have followed us and supported us through the years. We are going to add a new segment because y'all know we love bringing something new for the new year when we come back. 
So the new this year, one of the new this year is Jazz and I are going to be talking sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern right here under the Let's Chat Radio umbrella. And for our debut show, Jazz, you know, we also have a special guest that's going to come on later. But once again, my name is Tony. I'm a lover of all sports. And Jazz, just give them a little bit of info on you because the Let's Chat audience are pretty Pretty familiar with me and my shenanigans. <laughs> so just tell them a little bit well, about yourself. <laughs> well, let's be clear. This is different. It's not this is not the regular. This is this is as the as the two live students used to say, this is sports talk with hot sauce. The debate oh, you have nice. with your boy, <laughs> the debate you have with your girl, in the beauty salon, the barbershop, out on the bus stop. Out in the car on a long trip, that's what we do here. So we mm-hmm. talk about it all, we do it all, and we get down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you have those debates, yeah, you bring them here. But let's be clear. Have your game up. Don't be coming <laughs> with no bullshit. It's not going to fly. Don't be happy. I want to welcome all y'all. <laughs> welcome. And to um, I just want to send my condolences. By the way, since we're starting the show, I want to send my condolences to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Y'all got 40 dropped on y'all. It's only right. I just want to start the show off with that. I salute you on your 11 and 0, but now you at the house. So enough said. Okay. Are we gonna start? We gotta pick up with our 40. I'm saying they got 40 dropped on them. That's the way it is. Hey. Well, you know, our, our long time, our long time listener, Mr. Green. You know, you know, he's still hurting. I think he may still be in an emergency room, but hopefully, he'll be able to tune in to our new show on our new station, <laughs> so we can help him with Word. his pain. Oh yeah, yeah, I got, I got some tidbits for him. I'm, I'm helping him heal up. I'm helping him heal up real good. That's my man, awesome. Mr. Green. I send my salute to you, baby. I got you. Yeah, I heard through the grapevine that he really, really missed talking to us, especially after such a spank. Um, I mean, not a spanking, but a a, a loss. <laughs> no, nah, they ain't get lost. They ain't they ain't lose. Come on now, you know better than that. Come on, And by the way, you need to retire that dinosaur. You need you need a new cat at QB. Retire that cat. Don't pay that man forty two million. <laughs> Don't do it. It's a mistake. You don't think so? No, you don't think so? Can't pay that man $42 million. Come on. Ever, but do you think they only... will? No, in Pittsburgh, probably. You know, they, they like to hold on to relics. I mean, they hold on to Terry Bradshaw a year too long. They held on to Franco Harris a year too long. You know, but again, it's a, it's a, you know, no disrespect because some people have asked me, should they go after Deshaun Watson? And my answer to them is, you do understand that Deshaun Watson contract is massive, but notwithstanding that, mm-hmm. the fact that you're gonna to have to trade for him, so you got to give up. You gonna to have to give up. I don't know who they have besides, you know, Mac of Fitzpatrick. That any team, mm-hmm. no, no disrespect to the young wide receivers, but them. I mean, we talking about Deshaun Watson here. You mm-hmm. got to start off with draft picks. And they need players. And I don't think right. you have – and they're older. And, and Pittsburgh is an older squad. It's not like they're young. 
They are. They got the Jacksonville right. Jaguars. They old. Mm-hmm. So does Houston want to get uh, some older guys who they're only going to get a year or two out of them when you are essentially trading your face of your franchise? You got to get mm-hmm. back some. You got to get back some. Look at just what happened with Houston in basketball. You trade the face. Mm-hmm. They got back. I mean, no disrespect. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but yo, Brooklyn got shit at all. Mm-hmm. They got shit at all. Sorry, they got shit at all. And I know that shit. I know that shit. State that's your theme, but they got shit at all. That's it. All. They got to be. Well, they got to be. Well, it's, it's, it's my it's my state, but you know that's not my team. But I just want to get back to to Ben. Um, just for okay. a minute, Jazz, because that's probably good. I don't know if you what saw you it, but but he looked didn't he look like he was he was about ready to like put up his cleats. Well, you don't think wait, wait, so? Say that again. You don't I, I want to make sure I understand up? what you're saying. <laughs> you don't think Ben looked like he's he's about ready to like get into the broadcasting booth? Well, I mean, everybody talks about him and Ponzi. On uh, you know, on the bench after the game, and da da da, and and I agree with that to a point, but you also gotta understand that's emotion. Mm-hmm. He just lost to mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns. Two week, well, the mm-hmm. first week, the previously, the previous week, he didn't play, but he lost. So now you lost the same team right. twice. The emotion of it all, like he said, you know, he told Ponzi that you know at the beginning of the year. We're going all the way, da-da-da. But Ben knows his last hurrah. His body can't take much more. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's emotional. But, but again, a couple of weeks go by, you know, Ben, I'm not sure if he's married or not, but whether he is or whether he's not, whoever's in his life, they're going to say to Ben, Ben, mm-hmm. you know they're supposed to pay you $42 million next year, right? Got to be having that no, conversation. That's bad. That's and a been big like, ticket. Yo, man, that's forty-two million, right? Hey, I maybe I will come back one more year. Mm-hmm. Forty-two million. Last year, my deal. Right. Pittsburgh's been giving he been they've been renegotiating his contract for the past couple of years to make him fit in the cap. Now it's time to pay up. Now you get that you get that joint money now. You know, one year mm-hmm. forty-two million. Boom. But if you're Pittsburgh, you got to walk away from that, man. It's fool's gold. Mm-hmm. 42 million? Well, you know they're dead. That's a lot. But you know they're actually, you know, I was looking in the news earlier today that they have a lot to contemplate. They have a lot to think about. You know, it's not contracts, just a one-man man. team. They have a lot of contracts, and they need to they have the salary man. cap complications, you know. So, And they got to look out for the organization's best interest. You know, well, it's not to... necessarily... Mm-hmm. I mean, talking to my man, talking to my man DJ, you know what I'm saying? Talking to my man Flan, okay. they both say the same mm-hmm. thing. Even talking to uh, another one of my coworkers, they all say the same thing. <laughs> they need to keep mm-hmm. Bud Dupree. But Bud Dupree blew his knee out. So you might be, you can get him a, you can give him a competitive offer, like Pittsburgh always do, see if he accepts. But, Remember, mm-hmm. you still got to save money, cause you got you got paid you got you got paid TJ Watt in a year or two. Mm-hmm. So you got to save up money for that. So Michael Fitzpatrick probably coming up in a couple of years. You got to pay for that. 
You know, and it's not right. including the other, the Castrio. Uh, there's another offensive lineman they have um, that's coming up to free agency. So, and they, and again, some of these players are older players. So uh-huh. do you do you go with the older Grizzly veteran, or do you go with a new Jack? Because if I could tell you right now that in Pittsburgh's position, you can draft, you can trade up possibly. And maybe draft Leatherwood from Alabama as your left tackle, and that'd be your left. I'm not sure if he's left or right, and that'd be your mm-hmm. building block for the next ten years. Or are you going to go the free agency route or resign a guy for another year or two while you try to luck up and get somebody? But anytime, mm-hmm. sometimes. You have to bite the bullet for a year or two to get them draft picks so you can start rebuilding. Right. No disrespect right. to Jackson. But, you know, one thing. For three years. I uh-huh. know, one thing that, that Rob has in his favor, you know, as far as that arm, he threw a total of 33 regular TDs this season. And that's just one shy of his best, which was in 2018. So, would you consider him still having that that arm, which is so key? You know, he 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 was just one shy of his best throwing years a couple of years ago. Okay. Do you have you think that's one of the big things in his corner? My question with Ben is not his arm. My question is Ben legs. We're going waist down here. True. Waist down. Mm-hmm. He worse off than Brady. Can't move. Mm-hmm. A lot of surgeries, right. the knees, the ankles, the hips, a lot going on. He not, you know, and when you can't get out of the pocket, you can't win normally. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay is winning, but very few mm-hmm. times, because, again, once you can't get out of the pocket, defenses adjust. Once they adjust, when they feel like you can't move, then they start throwing that blitz at you. Make you do something you don't right. want to do. Next thing you know, right. you're on your own. Mm-hmm. That did that happen. Then next thing you know, you fall wrong, boom. The injured. Now you're out. True. Or you hobble it. True. And he limping back to Exactly. and he did and he did have ten interceptions as well. So, you know, that, that all kind of plays a role in, in that, you know, not being able to play in the pocket. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not. I'm not worried about Ben Arm. Ben Arm is not a problem. But you're. Uh, I'm not sure. I know he's what mid thirties. You know, at least early to mid thirties. Um, somewhere in there, and and so, you also bring up this. This. this I want to just say, Jed, you brought up Deshaun Watson. Now his name has mm-hmm. been floating around quite a bit. Maybe it's, it's even floated up here in New York. So of course. Do you do you feel a Deshaun Watson move, and you touched on it in the opening of the show, is parallel to the James Harden move in, in the NBA? Yes, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. you have to trade for you. First thing is any team trading for Watson has to realize he has six more years on his deal, and I'm gonna give you the numbers really quickly, and these numbers okay. are in millions, people. 10, 16, 40, 42, 37, 32. Next six years. 
and you got to trade wow. him. So that means that you got to give up equity to get him. So in football, unlike basketball, where Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Boston invented the, the draft swap position thing. Mm-hmm. So far, you don't do that in football. Now, if Houston was smart, they would put, they would they would petition the commissioner and the and the, the the union and try to see if football can do that too. Because mm-hmm. that's the the problem is for Deshaun. So once you trade, let's say you trade four number ones, two twos, like they said, Miami talking about trading for Deshaun. So they're giving up two. So let's say you give up two, four number ones and two twos. There were seven. You gave up seven mm-hmm. players for Deshaun. For one. And. For one player, one for seven, kind of like Herschel Walker. So mm-hmm. at the end of that, it could work or it could not work. We are talking about Deshaun here. Not, nothing is set in stone. Just because people right. have said that he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the league, you still got to perform. And Miami right. is on a come up. So Miami would be one of those possible teams that could try to get him. But you don't you don't have a lot of teams like like I said people were talking about Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh got enough mm-hmm. draft capital. And you can't you know mm-hmm. of course you got to also fit the contract because mm-hmm. the because NFL is a hard cap not a soft cap like the NBA. So you got to fit that contract in your budget for the year. And when you talking about mm-hmm. the men numbers being forty two forty thirty seven, that's a lot of money in one position. Mm-hmm. Those are football numbers, <laughs> literally. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so in, in football, this is the first time where you have usually, no disrespect, but these are baseball salaries. These are basketball salaries. Now the salaries are in football. And let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson don't even make the most of quarterback. Mahomes does. Right. And they're getting guaranteed money. 70% of their contracts are guaranteed. So these are the numbers that you now are having to invest in quarterback. So knowing mm-hmm. that, you got to be real. You got to be real careful about team, like teams like St. Louis. Team, I'm sorry. L.A., the Rams. Um, right. The Rams. Um, Philadelphia. Those teams that mm-hmm. draft Mitch Trubisky in in Chicago, now you have to figure out: Are you going to give these guys their second contract? Because remember, the second contract. Now you're getting into those twenty five, twenty to thirty a year numbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now it's like so. Now you got teams that are like, "Yo, I could draft a guy." And maybe I can get a ring before I got to pay him, like Mahomes. They got a ring while he was still in his rookie deal. So they was right. able to take that money and put it somewhere else. But now you got to pay him. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. you, you can't – it's going to be hard to stay in the upper echelon of teams because you don't have the cap number. You don't have the, you don't have the cap money to throw around and get players. 
So now you got players coming in on league minimum. You know, you know, just get a ring. But yeah, I definitely believe that Deshaun and James Harden, their deals will be parallel. Just in the money and the draft capital that you're going to have to give to them to get back the play. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But also, Jazz, you know, Deshaun Watson's name has been mentioned here in New York regarding the Jets because you know, we have Sam Donald. He's in his third year. He really – now, the Jets isn't my number one team here in New York. Jazz know I'm a homer. I go with the big blue. But I do watch sports. I do watch sports <laughs> oh because God. that's my mom's team. <laughs> big blue is trash, but okay. <laughs> my mom and the Jets don't we, – we see we're not on the Giants yet, Jazz. We're not on the Giants yet. You can ready. No, we're going, going that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> we just turning the corner into the New York. But, you know, his his name has been mentioned quite a bit these last weeks or so because with the new head coach coming in, you know, we have the new head mm-hmm. coach. I think we got him from um, the, well, the 48ers. Again, I know that's, that's salute, the <laughs> salute to Robert Sala. I love the, I love the pick, by the way. I love him as being a coach. But I'm sorry to continue. I do. I, I really do. And I think that's a good fit. But now the big question is, what to do with Sam Donald? He hasn't been able to stay healthy for a full season, and this is his third season, like I said before. And I don't see any type of improvement. I don't see any type of growth. If anything, I see recession in his game. I'm not sure how much you follow the Jets, but what well, have you seen? Let me, let me say this. In the words of in the words of <laughs> my girlfriend, immortally, fuck Sam Donald. So I have to start off with that. Let's start off with uh-huh. that. Now, mm-hmm. outside of that, I will say that for the Jets, Sam Donald, the only way you get rid of Sam Donald is you have to draft a quarterback at two. Now, right. they should be number one. Let's start there. Oh man, don't get me going. They, they had should be You know, they should be drafting Trevor Lawrence, but he's probably going to Jacksonville. If that's the case, and let's probably. say Urban Meyer, who, who, who Urban Meyer, who is the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, by the way, let's say he decides he wants to go a different route because he he did coach Ohio State and he helped recruit Justin Fields. So let's say he says, you know what? I'm going to pick Justin. Then Trevor Lawrence is in New York. Bite your tongue. (laughs) I'm saying Trevor Lawrence is in New York now. So I didn't think of that angle, though. I mean, again, Urban Meyer, no disrespect to Urban, Mm -hmm. but Urban is a college guy, has been his whole career, from Florida Mm -hmm. to Ohio State. And Meyer, I mean, Meyer likes things a certain way. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Meyer's old. Meyer would be, a, in my opinion, Meyer would be a damn fool to do it. But we've seen teams make questionable first-round picks in the top five, i.e. Daniel Jones with the Giants. No disrespect. But so mm-hmm. everybody that's what I'm saying. Everybody, if he sees Justin Fields as that guy, then he's picking him. 
Mm-hmm. I don't see it. You don't see it. But let's be clear. Patrick Mahomes was the fifth quarterback taken in the draft that year. Either four or five. Right. Could we mistaken on the number? But let's be clear. At least three of the quarterbacks were drafted before Patrick Mahomes. So just because mm-hmm. a guy, you know, when, it, when the coach decides that's my guy, he's going to pick him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, which, I mean, hell, you know, it is what it is. I mean, if that's who they pick. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, if Urban Meyer says, hey, you know what, I know Justin Fields' pedigree. I know he's a stand-up dude. He's going to run the offense. He, the offense that I'm going to run is the same offense we ran at Ohio State. Da-da-da, da-da-da, it's perfect fit. Then he drafts mm-hmm. Justin Fields. If he does I don't that, know, Jazz. I mean, it, it's like once the Jets won that one game where they they pretty much could have written their ticket to the championship, literally. But once they won that game, it was like Jacksonville, Jacksonville took a sigh of relief, you know, because it was there. It was it's there for the ticket. So it would be – it, it would be. Well, I don't. I can't even think about them not taking Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a generational player. He's generational. But according to who? According to who? According, so everybody who says that, there is somebody who is not saying that. What's the ratio? Everything I've read about him, it's, it's, it brings me to that conclusion. Okay. So so. Teach me what you know that I should not have that. I'm saying, that, I'm, that just, I'm just, look, I'm just giving you a counterpoint. Let's be clear. They said Cam Newton generational offense. They said, you know, Cam uh-huh. Newton was generational offense. Good point. He was, he was, he was, <laughs> he was generational too. So now, have you seen him he, play, Trevor Lawrence? Uh, absolutely. Oh, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But let's be clear. Also, but also, sometimes it's just like the quarterbacks in Alabama. It's just mm-hmm. like uh, uh, my man who won, my man um, from Auburn that year who went number one to the Raiders, J- Jamarcus Russell. I mean, mm-hmm. you have guys that look good, but also you also right. have to look at the talent they have around them. I mean, you got to remember Trevor Lawrence was handing he was handing he was handing the football to the second best running back in the country, mm-hmm. and he also was throwing the ball two cats that are probably going to go in the first round in the draft. Take that into mm-hmm. account, too. But he's not going to, theoretically, theoretically, he should not go to mm-hmm. that type of team because how many teams are 1-15? But, again, I'm big on Jacksonville. They got two wide right. receivers that are young and good. They got Robinson that is young, that's, that's coming into his second year, and they have a defense that is young and missing a few things, but they on a come up. So mm-hmm. you're putting Trevor in an offense that he will be throwing to. He's not throwing to um, one of the Jets wide receivers, no disrespect, but outside of uh, my man, uh, not Curly, um, the wide receiver. Outside of him, yeah, they, they don't have much mm-hmm. of wide receiver, so it's not like you know, it's not like – so he has an advantage that way. But if, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. But mm-hmm. that's not – until the pick know, happens. Right. 
Think about it. You're a Jets fan. You're a Giants fan, right? You remember the right. year y'all drafted Shaquan Barkley? You need a quarterback oh, yeah. that. We got a lot of slack with that. We did. But you drafted <laughs> a running back. When when nobody's drafting running backs top five ever in life, it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. You took him, mm-hmm. and everybody was saying, oh, Shaquan Barkley, he's going to be the best running back for the next 15 years. He's going to have two knee surgeries, probably won't be in the league five years. What? I remember, I remember that. But also, Jazz, you know, you also have to take into consideration the development of your player. You can have the best player in the world, but if you don't have the personnel around them to develop them into that best player in the, the next level, which is the NFL, you know, so you have to, that's Whoa. so key that you have to have development to play. And with that being said, Jazz, we have a guest, not a guest, but a hand up that want to weigh in on what we're talking about. But first, let me just let you guys know that you're talking to, you're listening to Let's Chat Sports. We are on our debut show. My name is Tony. Yeah, and I got man. my one and only partner in all things sports, Mr. Jazz. So let's take this hand Doing up it, and baby. see what they have to say. What you got? Welcome to the what show. What you got? What you got? You're live on Let's Chat. Talk to me. What you got? Don't be Hello? shy. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. It's all right. I ain't, I ain't going. I ain't, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, hello? I'm, I'm not. I'm, hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, this is Derek Yorda. Hey, what's going on? What's happening with you? Oh, <laughs> it's our guest. So that, that's why I was. That's why I was hesitant because it told me to go in at five thirty, press one to be in the queue, and now I'm trying to figure out. Oh, what am I doing? I don't want to leave you guys hanging. So, uh, hello. No, no that worries. It wasn't, no. no. wasn't the same number, but welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, no doubt. Welcome, bro. What you got? What you got? Talk to me. What you got? Well, one of you. This is our guest, Jack. He's funny. Uh, no. Welcome, 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 Jared. We welcome you to Let's Chat uh, Sports on today. It's exciting to have you on the show on today. Well, you know, I'm actually excited to be here, especially that it's the debut show. I love that. Yes. You know, Miss Tony. She my right hand, and most of the time she my left. She everything sports. So Perfect. I have to make sure that she has something that reflects, you know, the things that she enjoys. I enjoy sports, too. Um, so her and Jazz, they do the sports show. Uh, they're going to take real good care of you. We want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself uh, and your fabulous MMA journey. So I actually have a, a full story. You got the time. I'm, I'm happy to tell it. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, of course, my name is Jared Bear Fiorda. Baird comes from my mother, of all people, not like a tough fighter nickname he gave me when I was training with my boys, but uh, because my mom's been calling me Bear since I was two. So, uh, you know, Jared Bear Fiorda right there for you guys. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. as, far as, as far as my journey, I actually kicked off everything when I was five years old, and that was because my dad had passed away. Um, oh, you know, my, after that, no, I, yeah, it was, it was a hard time to say the least. I had a whole side of my family drop out of my life and I got really angry and started, you know, attacking other kids in school. I became kind of a bully. And my mom said, if I'm going to be this angry, aggressive kid, then I'm going to do it somewhere positive. And she took me out of my first martial arts class, which happened to be Taekwondo. And I fell in love with it. I stayed there for many years. I competed. I became the, one of the youngest black belts in the country at the age of 14. I started teaching at that age. And Later on down the line, as I'm getting a little bit older, 
I met a friend of mine who is an ex Muay Thai kickboxing uh, champ. He had a couple different belts from Los Angeles, and he thought, okay. "Well, you're a martial you're a martial artist. I'm a martial artist. Let, let's spar. Let's have some fun. You know, in, in a sense, shoot the shit with our fists." And uh, he just mauled me. I, I was not prepared <laughs> for what for that day. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and he inspired me. I loved it. I loved the beating he just gave me, oddly enough. And so I started learning Muay Thai from him, that kickboxing from him. And from there, I went into MMA and started to compete, getting my uh, groundwork, my jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and all that fun stuff down. Mm-hmm. And then within the last three years, uh, I got together with my mom, and we decided to open up a nonprofit called Free MMA over in Cathedral City, California. And this is where we teach. Uh Yeah, it's been a great journey. And we teach anyone ages six and up uh, about martial arts, uh, teach them classes, go through rhetoric, and it's all absolutely free of charge. We accept donations if they want, but no one has to pay a dime for the classes. And the whole point of that was, and the whole point of that was, to me, as a kid growing up with such hardship, I was lucky enough and fortunate to have a mother who could pay for uh, the housing, the, all the essentials plus mm-hmm. martial arts. And I understand there's some people who can and cannot do that themselves. So I'd rather take that whole part out of the equation and let anyone who wants to come and train for top, uh, top-notch competition experience guys with you know, no, no overhead, no monthly fees, oh. no membership. You just nice. come and be a part of the team. Come be part of the family. Well, that's incredible. And, uh, yeah, and that's that's where we are today. It's been a little bit of fun, as I would say, during COVID, but we have made it work, and we're still going. Yeah, that was that was really now, good and deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Bear, I want to say this. This is Tony Bear. You know, I'm glad you brought up your nonprofit because I had read where you had some some issues. You know, some you ran across some problems as far as flooding. Has that been resolved? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm assuming you're referring to our, our incident with the landlord company and all the uh, and all the mishaps right. there. But we definitely we we got it's it all building. resolved. It, it was yeah, it was a situation where um, they didn't properly take care of the facility in the time between us and the previous tenant. So when it all mm-hmm. flooded, when it all started to grow like black mold, they were unwilling to take care of it until we went to the news. Mm. And now we have everything, and now wow. we have everything resolved. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Wow. You know, everything's good. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to ask you, Bear. This is this is Mr. Jazz. I got to ask you. How have Absolutely. you been able? I I have to ask you because you know I'm a big MMA guy. Love MMA. So Perfect. my question is, how were you able to still and during the Corona? How were you able to still train and stay active and everything in your career when most people have decided that they're just not going to compete during this time? You know, it's uh, that's kind of a hard question to ask because, in a sense, I get where a lot of people are with the whole, hey, I can't be around anyone. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to take that risk. Mm-hmm. I have been fortunate enough to have a couple of people who have also been as uh, crazy about COVID and cleaning and taking care of themselves as I have, who also happen to train in the kickboxing or MMA world. So I'm okay. fortunate enough to have people who I can still train with, who I know are being safe. Uh, and apart from that, I think a lot of it comes down to motivation. You know, even if I couldn't go and 
train with somebody in a gym or at a house or wherever, I could go outside and run. I can go hit a bag at my own house. I can go mm-hmm. uh, lift the weights, do some physical exercise. There are things I can do. So I think part of it's also coming from a lack of motivation. Coronavirus, the whole pandemic, has kind of killed a lot of people's drive because it becomes the, well, mm-hmm. I could go meet with people and get infected. I could, mm-hmm. uh, we can never return to a normal society. So I think part of it is just unfortunate to have the right circumstance of people, and I also happen to be able to self-motivate and keep myself going even during these times. And, in fact, uh, COVID is when I started on uh, TikTok, oddly enough, and that's where I started growing my following oh, wow. there. So it's, there's been some pretty good benefits uh, that said all the downfalls of what's going on. I feel so horrible uh, thinking about what's happened to me and how blessed I've been and how fortunate I've been compared to a lot of people who are suffering, which is part of the reason why I wanted to keep that gym going, which now mm-hmm. we run online classes and we teach everyone live, because I wanted everyone to keep a sense of normalcy. No one has to give up their training. No one has to stop. You can come join us on Facebook Live mm-hmm. and be a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, this is Tony like Bear. I'm glad you brought up TikTok, because I saw your, your TikTok, your latest one from about a week or so ago. Um with with COVID, you know, a lot of us have had to pivot the way we stay connected with our fans, with our, you know, just to keep ourselves right. out there. How how has TikTok helped you? Because I did see you, and I did kind of learn a few moves. I, I don't know who I can practice them on, but uh, I did <laughs> learn a few new moves. <laughs> well, one, I'm, I'm glad I was able to teach you. That's my goal. And, and in fact, that's why I got on there in the first place is to teach anyone no, no different than the way I would teach someone else in person at the gym. And the way I stay connected has actually uh, been, it's been greatly improved. Whereas before it would have been hard to reach such a mass amount of people so instantaneously to get my message out there, to get mm-hmm. some response. But now every second of the day, people are commenting, liking, sharing. They're writing me on Instagram or uh, writing in the comments on my TikTok videos. And so now I have an almost 24-7 access to whenever I want to reach out to somebody or if someone writes an interesting message, I can comment back to them or make a video about it. Uh, and in some, time, in some cases, I can do really personalized messages because of um, how, how it's grown on TikTok because people have very interesting questions. And someone today just asked mm-hmm. something I found was very basic, which was how do you throw a punch? In my mind, I've done that for years, but mm-hmm. I can – I can simply write them back and give a very detailed description of what's going on or make a video about it just because I can now see it pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, I like for you. Um, this is Leisha. Me and Tony sound alike, so we always have to say who we are. Um, Got it. Well, if, you okay. could, <laughs> if you have the power to fix anything in the industry, what, what would it be? fix anything in the industry. Ooh, uh, I have I have two that I'm serious about, but one may sound kind of funny. Um, I want to fix something. I want to fix something called a, this is going to be the more interesting, the funnier one. I want to fix something called a 12 to 6 elbow. And this is a rule that fighters cannot throw elbows that go in the direction of a 12 to 6 o'clock on a, on a clock itself, going from mm-hmm. 12 to 6. And the mm-hmm. logic behind that is because when they were first starting all the regulation and that first came into play, one of the initial rule makers went to a karate demonstration and saw a dude break like 12 blocks of ice 
with this elbow and decided, nope, that's going to kill somebody. Can't ever have that. Mm-hmm. But reality is, if I throw an elbow across someone's eyeball and break their orbital bone or smash their face mm-hmm. under their nose, I mean, they're not a whole lot better off. And I mean, for goodness, they can throw knees to the head and give you permanent brain damage. So that to me is kind of mm-hmm. like, well, we're setting a bad precedent, precedent by knocking out these kind of, uh, we play semantics about these rules of elbows and knees and whatnot. If it's, if it's an elbow, an MMA should be golden. Now, the next one, which I think a lot of people talk about and may even come to mind when they think MMA, and I heard you guys talking about this in football where the pay grades of different people and how they can be so high, tens of millions. Absolutely. MMA gets uh-huh. like nothing by that comparison. Uh-huh. Conor McGregor uh-huh. made a hundred. Conor McGregor made close to a hundred million dollars off a boxing match with Floyd Mayweather. But a standard boxing match, if you're in the pro levels with a, with a company, uh-huh. can get you million to several millions anyways. Whereas MMA, you get to the top of the level. You're a UFC fighter. This is your first fight. I think on average they get like a fourteen grand a fight contract. To well, that's without the line. Well, some of that yeah, is with that's the without bonus. the bonus. You're right. No, absolutely. Some of them are even mm-hmm. ten. I've seen some female fighters, some good female fighters, pay ten grand a fight. I mean, there are some labels like uh, not even Bellator, some lesser known labels like Legacy that'll mm-hmm. pay pay that out relatively easily. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. I would try and fix. If I had a perfect world, if I had the ability, I would definitely fix. Uh, the pay grade of these fighters. And I get that some are worth more than others. I, I know how the industry works as far as I'm not Conor McGregor. I'm not going to make Conor McGregor's money, but I don't think mm-hmm. I should da- damn near die for five grand. That That's kind of my, my bottom line right exactly. there. Exactly. Absolutely, because yeah, you're right. not Conor McGregor, but you can get hurt just like he can get hurt in the same manner. Um, and yeah. you're taking the same risk. Yeah, we're both putting it on the line. Same uh, well, same thing that happens to everyone every night. Well, let me ask you this question, Bear. Since since you are, you know, again, you're the first person that I can say I know that I know that punch people in the face to get paid. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, my question is, if you – I remember Figueroa, UFC, for twice in a month, 21 days, mm-hmm. first time ever. Yeah. But I noticed that the UFC, depending on if you if they have a, a pay-per-view or whatever, I remember before the rule was you couldn't fight for 90 days. But Figueroa has done it. There's a couple other cats during the corona who have done it. So my question to you is, do you agree or disagree that you, in your opinion, that you should fight once every three months? Or if you could... If you could take two fights in a month, you take the two fights in a month. I'm going to relay this back to being a kid. And I mean that because when I was a child, we'd have testing for Taekwondo for your new belt every three months. And I would sometimes be okay with it and sometimes be furious at it because I'd be smoking the kids in my belt range and I'm ready to do it, but I had to wait that arbitrary amount of time. So here's what I think, and that is if you are ready – and your camp says go, your coaches say go, your manager and agent say go, and, of course, UFC accepts you, fight every single day if it makes you happy. If you choose to fight once every six months because your contract says so, do that. But as far as doubling up in a month, tripling up however many times in any arbitrary amount of time, by all means, it's your life, this is your career. That only adds to you so long, of course, as you don't get permanently taken out of the game by, I don't know, blowing ACL or tearing – 
Uh, yeah, it's hiring anything too essential. So, you know, if you want to, go right ahead. I know some people have talked about it like, oh, it's dangerous to the fighters. That needs to be more regulated. The three months, like you said earlier, uh, is more viable because it gives recovery time. But, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to fights, like let's, let's drop back to Aldo versus McGregor where he KO'd him in 27 seconds with zero damage. Mm-hmm. Let's say he wanted to mm-hmm. fight fight in the next event, which is two or three weeks later. I mean, he would he was okay. He got, got cleared to go fight for 27 seconds. He can be cleared for this one too. So as long as you're in a good place, as long as you're not hurt and you're mentally fit and all, all you check off all the boxes, go right ahead. Okay. I can, and and it's, it's funny you say that because I know that um, – let, let me ask you because I'm assuming you're still active as far as MMA fighting, correct? Yep. I, would, I still am active. Like I'm on the listing. People can hit me up. I reach out to places. Mm-hmm. As far as getting about, it's been a little difficult here in, uh, in SoCal just because a lot of places have been shut down. A lot of the sanctioned mm-hmm. fights have been closed Absolutely. down, and I, I'm, not about to, I'm not about to go back to any smokers. Well, and I ask you that because I know that you had experience with Neutral Corner, but then you also moved up to Epic. So my, my question to you is, will you try to, I guess, try to go to maybe a PFL, maybe overseas, maybe a Vitica? Um, or are you comfortable with Epic right now, where you're currently at? I really do actually like Epic. And when people ask me where they can watch my fights, I point them in the direction of my, of my Epic fight before any of the other ones, just because, mm-hmm. one, I know it's up. But, two, I really like the event. I like how it's handled. They had good hand wrappers, good rest and everything. <laughs> Um, I've actually, now this is somewhat off the record a little bit. We're still, we're still ha- hashing out some details, but there well, is we, a potential. This is a, there are some, we're putting some works here for a big South American label sometime in the summer. Makes sense. Yeah. So, so as far as going overseas or traveling between countries, uh, as long as, Everything's cool with travel and uh, COVID regulations. When I yeah, absolutely open to move around, especially to whatever's uh, whatever's available. Well, I mean, I like the epic because under epic umbrella, I know John Molina is up under epic now. So, and you know, he had you know, they, epic is doing some things, but everybody, everybody that seems to who seems to do UFC, they all end up saying the same thing: the money you make. In in the states, I can make triple that overseas in okay. a fight or two, depending on the arena, depending on your fight and stuff like that. So, a lot of guys are like trying to be like kind of like semi free agents. Yeah. No, I I can... definitely see the advantages of that. Especially there's, there's a record, there's a label that record, a label out there called One FC. They fight out of like. Uh, uh, Western Europe, Asia. Mm-hmm. They had one recently mm-hmm. in uh, in Poland. They pay their fighters pretty well, and in fact, they just signed as of, I think it was 2019, Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez. Uh, they got some big ex UFC fighters nice. over there, and same and same thing with Bellator, who got some ex UFC fighters as well, with like Rampage yes. Jackson. Uh, so definitely, when you take it across to a, you take it to an overseas label. Uh, I think you're considered more of a hot commodity, especially if you've built yourself up in the UFC. 
uh, to where you can go Absolutely. into that deal and you say, oh, you know, I, I'm worth this much. What can you, can you work with me on that? And those guys can come out with mm-hmm. uh, million-dollar contracts or at least several hundred thousand to fight contracts. Mm-hmm. They can really help themselves out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a big difference. I know that Demetrius Johnson, when he went over to Bellator, he took a short contract. And he didn't – and I know Coker, from what I read, Coker wanted him to do a more extended contract. He was like, yo, let me, let me see what y'all are doing. And then Demetrius was like, yo, I'm out. You know, same thing with Bader. But I think that Coker may be falling into the UFC trap of maybe not paying what he used to pay. I don't know because Corona shut down a lot of Bellator events. Yeah. But I noticed that a lot of cats that used to be on the Bellator are now moving to, like, uh, Anthony Pettis just moved over to um, PFL. So... Guys Ooh. are looking at those other alternatives, and they're like, yo, you know, these cats over here going to pay me double. So why not mm-hmm. go over there? I got the UFC on my, I got the UFC on my jacket, so I'm going to get paid. You know, so it makes sense. Now for, yeah. for, you know, that makes sense. I definitely understand that. But I know your fight with Epic. You know, under that umbrella, I, I didn't get a chance to see the fight because I couldn't get that. I couldn't get the card, but I looked at the roster, and there's some really, really good fighters under that umbrella. Like I could yeah, see why really they are. No, and uh, and thankfully, uh, I really do appreciate it because I started up with Camo, um, and they run a lot of the beginner bouts when you start off, and so they were. So we got good contact with the guy who runs the camo matchmaking and the person who runs the, the operation. So we were able to move them to Epic almost seamlessly. And I, I do want to comment on what you said earlier as far as uh, Groker not kind of wanting to pay the fighters that he, the way he used to. I mm-hmm. think there's something special going on with COVID to where if you look back, UFC put in a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he, everyone gave him a lot of flack for throwing in the white towel or throwing in the flag at least. Uh, during a fight, because he said he can't continue. Like oh, round two or something, yeah, he said he can't that. continue. I watched that event. Yeah, I know the event you talk about. I watched yeah. that event, yes. And he's, well, he came from a, a, a I guess you call it a small label, little less experienced pro fighters, but UFC was kind of outsourcing because they couldn't get people in the cage during during Absolutely. this pandemic. And Absolutely. now what I'm seeing when I look at all these, yeah, and when I see these cards, I'm looking at like as recent as uh, – and Gregor versus Cerrone, or when you see this recent mm-hmm. fight, it was Holloway versus Qatar. A lot of those guys on the on the prelims and the undercard, mm-hmm. they they fought they fight pretty regularly. But UFC is supposed mm-hmm. to have like three three plus hundred fighters on their roster. So I think <laughs> when they start to feel neglected, they start wanting to venture out to places that may respect their time a little bit better. That makes sense. That makes sense because, you know, it's it's just like, you know, looking at Alistair Sterling, looking at some of these guys, and I've seen them in events where they were in the early prelims when they first started. Now you see them progress, and it's like, okay, but now, like you said with Corona, there's a lot of guys who are like, yo, I'm not, you know, I'm getting on the card or I'm trying to get on the card, but there's only so many spots, and now cats are like, yo, I, need, I want that spot. I want that spot. 
I ain't fought in a year. I ain't fought in nine months. I want that spot. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, UFC is kind of like, okay, but we have to get, because remember, you also got the guys that come from Dana, uh, uh, the Dana fighting series. Yeah. I've seen those guys, they fight on Dana, Dana looking for a fight, and two weeks later, they're on the UFC undercard. Like, hey, in yeah, two weeks yeah. or a month, you know what I'm saying, maybe a month and a half. But it ain't long before they on the UFC undercard before the pay-per-view part of the card. They're on the 6 to 8 in the beginning, but now they're on it. The, next thing you know, they're on the 8 to 10. Now they're now they the the – the um the first prelim of the pay per view two hours you know what I'm saying so you also got yeah. those guys but those guys want to do anything I, I I actually watched one guy say to Dana yo I could fight for you next month and Dana was like damn really he was like yeah I'm, I'm ready I'm ready now how do you compete there with are that? a lot wow no <laughs> there are a lot of hungry fighters out there especially now. Because even the base level mm-hmm. uh, fighting events and labels, they're shutting down, either from a lack of funds because they can't put up competition or they don't have fighters because of COVID or COVID regulations are stopping them from going to different venues. So you have a lot of pull as the UFC to be like, I want to put my, I want to post it. I want to host another fight. I want to put it here. And if you can't support us because COVID, we're going to go somewhere else, but not these mm-hmm. little labels. So there, it's slim. It's a combination mm-hmm. of slim picking and then having to choose, well, I mean, can I, I can put Mr. So-and-so from a label two leagues down on this card, or I can put, I don't know, Connor on the card. I'm going to pick Connor again. Cool. He's going to mm-hmm. sell better. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what's next for you um, there? So I talked a little bit about that potential fight uh, with a, a mm-hmm. large South American label. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We're mm-hmm. setting up talks for that. Uh that's the most. That's the most recent. That's the thing in my in my recent future. Not recent in my near future. That's the word. My near future. Long term, if we start talking about a few years here now, I'm looking to expand the gym uh, to a second location. We're just we're almost nice. up. At, we're almost up out of our lease with the current place. We're probably gonna uh, get in conversations and talking about renewing and setting up another one, uh, still local here in the valley where I'm at. But the goal inevitably is to get these kind of gyms in my my uh, uh, my not preferences, but basically my idea of what uh, this free MMA could be as far as I could in the next several years. Let's push it heavy social media. Let's get another location up. Let's get interests up. Uh, and the way that I do that is by setting up these other fights and showing people what I can provide and uh, make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, you have, to, you have to keep us linked in to everything going over the gym, but also – that South American, I, I, I can't wait. I, I hope it comes to fruition because I can't wait to tune in to see it. Oh, my God. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I know. I'm super excited. Absolutely. I have a training partner who has had a – no, I'm super excited. I have a training partner who regularly before COVID was just knocking my, my face around to get ready for bouts. He's fought for them now, I think, uh, three, two or three times, and he loves it. So I'm right. really looking forward to that. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. You got to definitely keep us in the loop on that. You know, you're always a friend of the show. So, dude, you got to come back. You got to come back. Dude, this is, this is great. Absolutely. I've, I've had a, you know, I've hosted, I've had interviews. I've, you know, not a full circle, but I've done some stuff around the radio world. I just, 
this is fun. I felt free. There's no pressure. We're talking about whatever. And I love the topic. If it's MMA, I want to be involved in it. Uh, I would try my hand at football, but I don't want to accidentally insult anybody with lack of knowledge. No, you, 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 you know, you have to stay in your lane, and your lane is punching people in the face. So, hey, dear ESPN, um, Bear needs a job uh, there as an MMA host. We need jobs to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't. We don't um, want to. You absolutely. know. Absolutely. Eventually, you know, your face wears down, so we gotta, we gotta, you know, gotta do some other stuff. <laughs> we expanding the brand. We put it out there. Listen, we gonna put it out there. We are expanding the brand. You are gonna have four, four, not just two. You wanna have four functioning and working on their own. You're going to have four of them. You're going to start with your two. You're going to get two more. And then ESPN is going to give you a job. Listen, right. we, we got it all planned out for you. We got it for you. Yeah, let's be clear. If you watch any of the ESPN, if you ever watch that small forte the ESPN did into MMA, Bear, you are definitely hired because their MMA <laughs> announcers was dog shit. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. They were bad. They were really bad. Okay. And Richard, <laughs> it was bad. Put it, out there, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad, man. It was real we bad. Like, be, we got, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, being an MMA yeah, guy, watching them guys announce, it was terrible. It was just terrible. It was bad. It was painful. No, I, I get it. <laughs> it was painful. I mean, it's ESPN. They should well, do better. Come on. They should do better. Yeah. Well, now I got to check it out. Now I got to go take think. a look at that to see how bad it was. <laughs> well, Bill, we so appreciate you joining us. And like Jazz said, you know, this is your home. Anytime you want to talk about it, be about it, you are welcome to come on here anytime. But before you leave the chat room, please shout out to social media so we can have everyone follow you and whatever we can look forward to, anything upcoming that you have. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I would love to come back. This has been a great time. Um, all my social media, I, I went to great lengths to make sure all of it is at Bear Fiorda. You just type that into Google. You'll find me on all social media. I'm even on places like Dub Smash and Bike and Zen, you know, all the new social media platforms coming out. So you can find oh, me wow. next to anywhere. Uh, and as far as it's coming mm-hmm. out, again, we're looking to expand the gym. We're looking uh, for that fight in the summertime, probably June, July is the hopes. Uh, that, that's what we got here for everybody. And you definitely got to come back when you expand the gym because we definitely need to hear more about that, definitely. Absolutely. And to promote it Absolutely. as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Well, thanks again, Bear. And once again, you are always welcome here on Let's Chat. Yeah. Definitely. Don't be a stranger, baby. Absolutely, guys. Thank you again <laughs> so much for having me. I had a great time today. All right. Thank you, you too, me. man. Yo, my man right. from Florida, out of SoCal, doing you. his thing, baby, punching people in the face. What? <laughs> and that's what Jack said. <laughs> Have a good night, Bear. You as well, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Good night, baby. Right. Bye-bye. That was yes. awesome. Great show, guys. <laughs> no doubt, yo. Great, I'm glad. Thank you guys for Thank you guys for, you know, giving me – the chance to come back. It's been great. Loving it. Can't mm-hmm. wait. Tuesday night's gonna be on fire. 
fire. Straight fire. Yeah. We have so much to talk about next week that we didn't even get into, but we're going to take it week by week. We love keeping our audience engaged. Thanks again for joining us on our debut show, Let's Chat Sports Radio. My name is Tony, and y'all here, the one and only Mr. Jazz over there. Make sure you be able to find a parking spot like two minutes to eight next time, Jazz. I got you. I got you. I'm telling you. I'm starting to, you know, it's kind of cold here, so... It's kind of cool here, so I had to I had to let the cutlass warm up for a minute, you know, before I just couldn't jump in it. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let it warm I'm up next New week. For Don't talk about cold. Atlanta ain't got no cold on New York. Come on now. There you go. <laughs> See, don't be judging. Don't judge, okay? Don't. <laughs> no, y'all. And Leisha, thank you for hearing you. Thank thank you for coming in, Miss Leisha. Word up. <laughs> Listen, I was like. I had on flip-flops, and then when I went to the chiropractor today, he says, so, you cold? Or are you just warm-blooded? <laughs> I was like, this ain't cold. Yeah, <laughs> All I'm getting was getting in the car, getting in the car, getting back in the house. I'm, I mean, it, it's not cold. It was like 50. That's not cold. It's going to be 60 later on in the week. I'm like, get for it. Oh, that's a heat. That's a heat wave. That's a heat wave, guys. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. La da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Jazz. Well, thanks again, everyone, you know. for joining us on Love Chat Sports Radio. We will be back in seven days next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern yeah, time. Baby. Make sure you tune in. Absolutely. Great night, everyone. Mr. here um, next week. Uh, Robert here is going to kick it with us in the, in the sports room. Talking all that yeah, man. Awesome. Gotta, Everything gotta, about sports. Gotta, yeah, we got to figure out what's going on with the spring, too. Yeah, he's he's in a little pain right now for his feelings. Yeah, well, you <laughs> I know, that's what happens when you that's what happens when your team makes you, you know, let you down, you know. But you know, Aww. like I told my man, <laughs> you know, so don't cry, Mister that. Green, don't cry on your pillow, baby. It's okay. Like we sorry. Yeah. It's going to be all right. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> Damn. It's real gangster, Mr. Green. Hey, Mr. Green, I ain't say that. I'm not disrespectful like that. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Green knows I love him. I couldn't help it. <laughs> See how they get down? See how they get down, Mr. Green? I don't know. Dirty. Dirty. Don't do that, Mr. Green. <laughs> I'm a Niners fan. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, how ironic, I'm not going to you know. join in that conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, Definitely this thank you. I think want to thank everybody for listening. Shit was incredible. We're going to do this shit again next week. All right. Absolutely. Have a great week. night, everybody. All right. Have a great night, baby. Good night. Good night. Yeah.